We need leaders who add value to the people and the organization they lead, who work for the benefit of others and not just for their own personal gain. Leaders who inspire and motivate, not intimidate and manipulate, who live with people to know their problems in order to solve them and who follow a moral compass that points in the right directions regardless of the trends. Mary Kay Ash, founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics. Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Yes, it is. Ed, I love your quote, man. Way to go, brother. You really pulled that one out. Yeah, that was. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I had to look up who it was at first because the... Uh, uh, where I found it, it just said Mary Kay Ash, and I was like, uh, "No, let me yeah. see." I went and did some research, and yeah, I mean, I think feel like she's been pretty successful, right? <laughs> oh yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, lead to lead different people to you know the way she has, and 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 kind of like you know instill that entrepreneur sort of uh, mentality. I think it's a, that to me, that's a big thing. Yeah, because if you think about it, she's uh she's in those categories of people. You know, if I say Jordan, you know who I'm talking about. If I say Magic, yeah. you know who I'm talking about. If I say Brady, you know who I'm talking about. But if you say Mary yeah. Kay, you're pretty certain it's you're gonna your mind's gonna go straight to the cosmetics company. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, man. And that's the thing, like you know, and I think about it, Ed. You can. It doesn't matter where you're learning leadership, you know, stuff from, or just ideas. It really doesn't matter. You you can you can take some of the the most minute things and you can transform them into tools that will help you further down the road. Um, I mean, we're next episode we're going to be diving into and they are our catch your catchphrase phrase actually <laughs> of lifelong learning, right? Lifelong. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so when you think about, you know, just for instance, this to me, her words, and and to tell you the truth, man, when you read that. Does that not sound something like Simon Sinek would teach us? Oh yeah, definitely. It it almost reads like it's straight from his book, or you know, or or somebody yeah. he's talked to. Um, so yeah, it does. It does read, you know, very Simon Sinek-y. Is that is that right? Sinek-y? Would be Simon. I mean, you know, Simon we, we can make up our own words. Sinek-like. <laughs> I'm just saying, we this is our podcast that we generate, so we can make up words if we want to. It's fine. You know, that's part of the that's part of our tools that we're going to use. <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh you know when you're when you're laying a foundation for leadership those tools are pretty important brian exactly and, and that's what i mean like so when you look at what she had to say there um i, I, I love that the idea not intimidate and manipulate right and we've talked about manipulation and things like that and, mm-hmm. and or who live with people to know their problems in order to solve them that's a tool you know, to me, yeah. to be able to p- help solve a problem, that's a that's an important tool. Actually, and I, I'm pretty sure that's kind of, yeah, that I, I would have to say if, if we jumped right into mine, that's, that I think it matches my top one or the one I put as number one. Now, none of them, I put some numbers beside them, but I don't think they're in any particular order in a sense. I think they're all needed for me, but I'm just sharing them, you know? Yeah, and that's how mine is too. My so when we when we dig into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, 
yeah, mine aren't really going to be in a particular order. But then I'm also very um, wishy-washy like that. So the, the order could be, you know, this way today, tomorrow, you could, you know, flip number two, number one, or a certain situation, a scenario could, you know, make one of them more valuable than the other. So that's why I say there, there ain't no particular order. Uh, I am going to close with one that I've always thought was kind of interesting because it's pretty spot on if you do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see here. Oh, influencer news. You know what? I mean, we never really – I think that's something we could start looking at doing, Ed. And I want to say – and this isn't really new news. I just think it's news and sense. Like, for instance, did you end up getting the new Jocko book yet? I do have the audio book version. I have not begun reading it yet because I okay. am, I am really deep into the Order of the Phoenix Harry Potter right now. So <laughs> I do have, I do have it though. Um I pre-ordered when you told me about it. I pre-ordered it then. I used my credit on Audible. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I say I haven't I I don't own it yet, but I mean it's out there. So those of you, uh, we we you hear us talk about Jocko all the time. Uh, he's got that new one. It's uh, leadership strategies and tactics, um, and it's just I mean, I looked through the uh, you know like you can you take a glimpse of what the chapters are when you go to Amazon and you look at the you know the Kindle version, and it looks to me like some really promising tact uh, topics and tactics. You know, um, <laughs> I'm kind of excited about it, man. Like I, I really am because. You think about his previous books, right? And so I didn't care much. And I know you own it. I didn't care much for the field manual. Discipline uh, equals freedom. The field manual. I yeah. wasn't. To me, that's like a that's like a coffee table. Hey, I'm just sitting here. Let me flip through this and see yeah, what's in right. there type of thing. It's on my coffee I, table in the podcast green room. Uh, yeah. They're just, <laughs> they're just full of various Jocko-isms. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Definitely a coffee table kind of thing. Right. And then, you know, we obviously we love uh, extreme ownership and then the dichotomy of leadership. Those are great books. But when I looked at the uh, the way things are written for this new one, it it really seems like, you know, one of our normal army field manuals, you know, of this is it. Bam, 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 bam. Leadership, you know, uh, so I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, I'm stoked. So, hey, those of you out there, if you didn't know, and obviously uh, it was released not too, it was uh, a couple months ago or a month or two. Whoa, no, was it like oh, two th- months ago, maybe? I don't, yeah, I don't think it was that long ago. I think it was about yeah, a month yeah. ago. Yeah, exactly. So I would definitely tell you if you're a listener and you haven't gotten it yet, hey, get that. You know, obviously we, we're not sponsored by Jocko. We don't get anything for this. It's just we like to promote things that are going to help others. And it's going to fall right in line with our catchphrase that ed loves to throw out there all the time which is lifelong learning (laughs) exactly man um but now hey we're gonna actually get into today's show and you may have caught a glimpse of what we were talking about and you obviously see with the title being leader tools episode 64 leader tools and what happened was is ed and i we had a little discussion during our um would you call it a production meeting I mean, would would you call that? Um, so a way to get away from the word meeting or meetings because I hate meetings. It was a production working group. We'll call it that. Oh, <laughs> just the two of us sitting here hashing stuff out. Well, Patton was here, so it was really three people here. Three, well, three beings, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> three beings. She three provided. Beings. 
She just provided happiness. That's she raised her eyebrow and she's like, okay, all right. Mm. She agrees with that. Oh, yeah. It was a, yeah. I, it was a working group, production working group. Yeah. Little working group for the show. And what we decided on, uh, those of you out there listening, uh, is we came up with each five leader tools that we use or we have uh, always admired. Uh, some of them are tangible, some are more idealist, like, like ideas, uh, but they're tools that you can use to help you diversify, that's a great word, your leadership, mm-hmm. right? Um, so hey, I don't think we need to waste any time, Ed. I think we got to jump right into this, man. All right. Um, um, you, me, me, you, me, you. Uh, you know, hey, man, I'll throw mine out there real quick. All right. All right. So one I got, it's observation for analysis with some in-depth questioning. So to me, that's a tool. Being observant of everything around you so you're able to kind of help where you need it or you can you can collect information on the good and the bad and you're able to you know help people understand what's going on um and to me Ed, that's one of those things where i don't think people they do enough where they just step back uh and and observe what's going on uh we've talked about it before when I go to a new, new organization, yeah. I always, 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 I take about two weeks to observe what's going on. Now, I still have to be a leader. I still have to do leadership things. I still, you know, I have to be engaged. Yes. But I never make massive changes or any types of changes until I, I have to see what's going on. Now, two weeks, is a, is a, that's a rapid time frame, right? That's if I have to start making straight up changes right then. Yeah. I, I prefer a month. Yeah. I prefer a month to be able to like, okay, I want to see, because usually a month, especially in the army, you start catching on to battle rhythms, right? You say, oh, okay, see, I see this is happening. I see this is happening. I see that's happening. And, and you can actually start picking apart different things and you're able to say, oh, okay, that works. That doesn't work. I can know how to do a solution here, but it's to be able to observe. But not only was the, is the observation important, Ned, I also feel like some questioning has to happen so you understand. If I'm yeah. just being observant and I'm not asking you any questions, do I really understand what's going on? Or am I just getting an idea and thinking this is why this happens? You know what I'm saying? What do you think? No, so I like that. And I've always been taught that that's what you do. Even when I was a um, specialist, I want to say, even as a specialist, I was taught that you kind of, you got to observe what's going on first. Um, right. Kind of sit back. It's kind of awkward, though, because I know, at least for me anyway, when I went, you know, I went to, say, Fort Drum, New York, I was a sergeant. And now you got this sergeant and he's standing here and everybody's like, who's that? Who's that? And you're just watching. You're not really engaging. And you're kind mm-hmm. of like, so general military authority or general good order and discipline stuff. Yeah. You, you, you know, you're going to jump on that kind of stuff immediately, you know. Um, we just had our, our sharp training yesterday. So, I mean, if I'm standing back in formation and it's my first day and I see another, one soldier pat another soldier on his backside, I'm going to nix that immediately. Yeah. You know, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to say, Hey, I'm Sergeant Haley and I am new, but that's not going to, that's not going to fly. You can't do that. That's da 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 whatever. Um, right. So you definitely got to, um, you got to nix, you know, good order and discipline, but the observation piece is and if you really think about it, Brian, when you were talking, like two weeks is such a short time because let's think about it. Like that's weekends, so you're not going to be around to observe anything, right? So you're really talking ten days, <laughs> depending on where you're yeah. at. 
Maybe yeah. there's a four day. You may be talking nine days to observe something and be ready to make a change. Probably not. Unless it's something that's kind of you, you may deem as immoral or unethical or unsafe. Then yeah. Um, you know, and, if you get think there, about said, maybe a key player too is not that at that organization during that time because they may be on a vacation. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you may have a stand in first sergeant or a stand in, you know, yep. platoon sergeant or squad leader. That might not even be the real squad leader. So and, yep. the other great thing about being, you know, kind of the fly on the wall is we talk about informal leaders and you get a better opportunity to recognize uh informal yeah. leaders during that time yes uh now the one thing for us is obviously we wear our rank on our chest so to me that's almost a negative for that because there's still no that's a sergeant so there's some things they're not going to do that would be a norm um but you know if you think about it, your first real interaction usually a unit is you're in the physical training uniform so they really don't know unless you have color-coded belts like at some installations but um you got to be able to observe and, and I think that you're right. And then you ask those little questions. And so you as a first sergeant, you may ask like, you know, oh, are we running today? Kind of get a feel. And you can just that simple question of are we, oh, are we going to be running today? You'll see an eye roll. You'll hear some lip smack, something to let you know they're dissatisfied with running. And then you can even right. dig deeper and be like, well, how often do y'all run? And now oh, yeah. you're getting those. You know what I mean? Oh, we run every day, five miles a day. Oh, wait a minute. That might be. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's a good one, Brian. And, it, and so when I was doing the research, I, I kind of hit on a little bit when we were talking. So we're talking about tools for leadership growth. But, you know, basically one of the definitions for a tool is a means to an end. So the first definition is, yeah, something you hold in your hand, you know, but with leadership, all right, I'm not holding a hammer in my hand because then that goes back to the quote, what we don't want to do. Uh, we don't want to intimidate. But through a, we, we, this is a means to the end, the observation and questioning. I, I, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think it hits upon, and I, I to tell you the truth, man, I think all of them on your side and my side hit upon what you read in that quote where it says, we need leaders who add value to the people and the organization they lead. So what we're saying is, is, okay, these are tools. These tools work and they add value to this organization. Uh, the tools that you and I have come up with and we're going to talk about, we're going to continue to talk about, uh, even this one right here, there's nothing about it that's supposed to equate to something negative or disciplinary or, you know, like something that's just like, bleh, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm just saying that it, these are going to help add value if used correctly. And uh, and to me, the idea of just being observant, observation for analysis. You got to be observant, then you analyze that, yep. and then you're able to make a, 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 um, a decision upon something if it needs to be done. But sometimes you got to have some questioning in there because you don't fully understand what's going on. And that's why I say that month is really nice to help get into battle rhythm and ask those questions. So, uh, but that that was that was my first one I wanted to bring up, Ed. Uh, what's next for you, man? So I'm gonna flow off of yours and kind of do something. So when you're doing observations, one of the tools that you could use, and I have used, is the mighty three by five card. Uh, so this really, I, I so in the BDU days, I, I my I seen. Uh, Sergeants use this when I was a private 
in the battle dress uniform days, like the old camo. And then with the right. Velcro days, it became even easier, right? Like Velcro uniform patch um, sleeves and pockets. So basically, we're, we don't do to-do uh, to lists. But this is something new for me. The, the no to-do list only started when we did Kevin Cruz's book. That was something that I've been working on getting rid of, right? And I still do it. Complete uh, disclosure here and there, you know. But with the three-by-five card, I would write my to-do list. And then I would check it off. You know, I'd get those wins, those easy wins. The problem was yeah. I would always go for the low-hanging fruit on the three-by-five card, the easy wins. I wasn't going for those more complex issues. And then at the end of the day, the last thing you do before you go home is you take that three-by-five card and you get you a new one. And the things you didn't accomplish, you can flip it onto this new one and you could kind of point like a note, you know, maybe – one of my things to accomplish was to arrange a TC from HHC, from the headquarters company, right? They were going to give me uh, uh, a co-driver. We'll put it in, the, make sure I keep it in, you know, kind of civilian terms. They're supposed to give me a co-driver for a movement that's going to occur in three weeks. We're going to be doing a convoy. Well, it's not so critical that I have to have it today. I didn't get it because I called and my point of contact was not in and I emailed them and didn't get a response. So on my three by five card for tomorrow, I can put contact whoever about co-driver, no contact and put the date. And now I know why I didn't make it happen today. Um, and they're easy. Three by five cards, like you get the little binder clip, you clip together about five or six of them, whip them out your pocket, take some notes, um, put them back in your pocket. And then when you go to take your uniform off or you know, you take your suit jacket off, you feel that in your pocket, you pull it out and go, oh, yeah. So I work with a civilian now, and he uses three-by-five cards. Of course, he's old military. Uh, he uses three-by-five cards to take notes and, and high-level meetings with other countries and stuff. It's just it's a good, quick note-taking ability, and it's a way to track your progress through tax, Brian. I believe I've seen you use three-by-five cards as well. Is that true? That's so funny that you brought that up, man. <laughs> Because yeah. that is my next one I was going to talk about is note cards, man. Uh, oh, so you just I, said note cards. That's why I missed it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, note cards, back. to me, to me, yeah. note cards are an amazing, amazing tool for any leader. There's so many things you can use that note card for. Whether to be, hey, this is something I, I got to remind myself of that I get done today or tomorrow or the next day, whatever, right? So write that right. down, have it in my pocket. Or... Let's say I'm uh, I'm at an impromptu uh, gathering of meeting or whatever, and I didn't have my notebook with me. Well, I got those note cards in my pocket. I can pull those out. I can write mm -hmm. jot down some notes, need be. Or let's say I'm at I'm at some type of uh, engagement where it's probably not uh, good for me to just start talking and having like what a sidebar conversation with somebody like say my commander or something so if i want him to know something i can jot down a little note i can slide it over to him he can flip it over and read it and you know you know we can communicate uh because sometimes some of the some of the meetings i go to you can't take cell phones and and you can't you can't take things into because of the the security level that we're at but it's just i think note cards Absolutely. are yeah they are so um useful on multiple levels uh let, let's say let's say uh, i run into a soldier and a soldier says oh hey i hadn't seen you in forever you know i want to make sure i keep contact i can give him my contact information on it real quick and then hand it to him uh sometimes it's easier than just saying hey let me have your number let me text this to you blah 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 here this is my stuff boom give, give it to him uh, but i use 
I use note cards, Ed, on the daily. Every I, I, I don't think a day goes by <laughs> that I don't use note cards. Um, I usually keep them like a little, one of those little uh, clip deals. You can fold over onto them. I usually use a clip, and I always have some type of yep, note cards with me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, note cards are my go-to. Uh, I feel like they allow me to keep a focus sort of or allow me to uh, get the job done that I need to do because I'm able to write it down. You know, I'm not, there's a lot of people that use the electronic, you know, use electronic devices to take down notes and stuff. I am still more of a, I like a pen to paper type thing. Cause when I write it, I seem to remember it uh, a little bit better. And note cards is one of those things that helps me do that. Plus, yeah. I mean, you know, back in the day when we were younger soldiers and we had to plan and prepare for, um, say boards or something to me it was easier uh, to oh yeah question on one side answer on the other and to answer me that was a tool other, <laughs> yep that's a tool yep. to to help me be successful in whatever it was even though i, I was never good at boards but yeah so I, i'm right on board with you man note cards brother yeah no they are now the one thing the one thing that we learn cue up the commercial from the bearded ninja Brian missed his cue. <laughs> the bearded ninja. That reminds <laughs> me. That's the bearded ninja. Have you ever heard of the bearded ninja beer bomb? Made of snake venom and pomade. True snake venom. We're talking about the lethal stuff. You don't want to get this stuff in your eyes, people. So make sure you keep it only on your beard. You could go blind uh, with the bearded ninja beard bomb. So the bearded ninja got me out of the habit. I used to think note cards were great for when you're teaching a class, but you know how the bearded ninja is about things in your hand when you're teaching and they're a distractor. Um, now, if you're at a podium or something, they are, they're useful for that. I mean, you're right. Like, well, when we put on our dress uniform, Brian, the beard, the, uh, the bearded ninja, I'm about to give him another plug. Now, uh, when we put on our dress uniform, Brian, the three by five card in your pocket, presents a good straight edge for making sure things are lined up on the uniform properly. Another, like just another tool, but for leadership growth, I, I agree with you. I think they're really good for um, quick note taking. Cause I mean, I've been places, yeah. you may be in an appointment and they're like, Hey, Sergeant major wants you in the office. You know, he wants to see an office and you go in there to this meeting that wasn't scheduled, this impromptu meeting that wasn't scheduled. So it messes up my crowd, your calendar and you don't have a notebook. But you do have your handy dandy three by five cards, like you said, Brian. I could whip yeah. out oh, some yeah. notes on there, like nobody's business. So, yeah, it's funny. So you just use a different. I honestly, I looked at your stuff that you plan on talking about and did not even cue in that three by five card and note card is the same thing. And I know it is. I just didn't cue in. But that's also, you know, we're old, and this is an older uh, leadership use because back in the day we didn't have one of mine on my list uh readily available so but the three by five card is a good one brian do you want to do another one oh, or yeah. you want me to go on um well i mean i, I think since i I'm took pretty your sure <laughs> no yeah no hey man i mean so you think about, i mean that note card thing it is it's just yeah let's put it this way I challenge people out there. If you don't use note cards yet, like you don't, the little three by five index cards, you can get the lined ones and non lines. I prefer the ones with lines on one side, nothing on the other side. Um, but I'm telling you, man, just like you know, uh, those of you out there, if you have never used them and seen like how effective 
They can help you with different things. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, I've used them for so many things. Uh, I even, one of the things that I used them for, Ed, I just happened to, I was, I was given an NCOPD and I was like, wait a second, I got note cards. And I had just enough. As soon as I was done with the NCOPD, I handed out all these note cards and I said, all right, hey, this is what I need from you. Give me top three things that you would like to learn about within another NCOPD down the road. Man, I had tons of ideas, brother. Some of them were the same, some of them were different, but it helped me collect information on top of that. That's what's oh, so cool about yeah. things, man. So you so, actually just you just actually reminded me of, of, of a tactic that I use. So we did an episode on after action review. So when yes. I was teaching uh, with the Bearded Ninja, we used to do after action reviews daily. Well, a more effective way of doing it, I found, was I would hand out note cards. And then I would say, this half the class, y'all are uh, sustained. So things you'd like to see, you know, maintain the same. And this class, y'all are have y'all have improves. And everybody can write it down and then put it face down on my desk. So now it's anonymous, right? And I have my AAR from my students on my note cards so it helped me yeah. as an instructor yeah. to grow. So we're right back to you. This is a tool for leadership growth. It's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, they're very versatile, very versatile. So yeah. that's why I do like them. I have a pack right here. My desk here at the podcast lounge here in beautiful uh-huh. Kaiser Schlatten, Germany. <laughs> Kaiser Schlatten. Yeah. So yeah. if I get ideas for the show, I can jot them down and then we talk about them after the show. Well, if you think about it, Ed, I sent you a picture. Oh, mine. What is it written on? A note card. A note card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, hey, let's jump into the next one, man. You got another one? I I do. I feel so bad that I stole your second one, Brian. Uh, You didn't steal it. I think what it is is just shows that combined idea of tools that we use, man. So I don't, I think really just added to the value of what we use as leaders, man. Well, great minds. That's what I'm going to say. Great minds. (laughs) So this is one of mine that I was talking to you about before the show. And I, and I, I really like this. So I put down, it's teaching and training, right? Um, and again, it's an ends to a mean, but so one of the things I have always liked to do is to find somebody's strong suit, whatever it is, whatever they're very, you know, they're comfortable with and get them to, um, teach or train a class, present a class or, you know, whatever you want to call workshop, whatever on that topic, because now what I'm doing with that junior level leader, well, whether in, and this translates very well into civilian sector too, whatever, I mean, uh, whatever team leader or whatever you call that, whatever the, I keep saying, whatever, whoever, regardless of what their title is, this translates well for them to be able to, um, develop. So basically you give them this thing and you say, I want you to tra- train on how to properly fill out the five W's form for travel. And they do the research and they present this class. And what you're doing is you're getting them in front of an audience. You're getting them to speak in front of people. So that's a win, right? And then as they do these classes more frequently, you're building their confidence. That's a win. Uh, for both you and for them and the organization. And then you're also making them a point of authority or a subject matter expert on whatever it is they're presenting. So when we were talking before the show, Brian, I talked about the unit prevention leader, which is the person who is basically responsible for the conduct of your analysis, right? 
Yeah. And that's a Sergeant E5 level class that they can go to. Now, you can go at any rank after that, but that's the minimum. But that's really their first exposure to something where they're going to have to come back to an organization. They're going to run that program. And they're going to teach quarterly training on drug and alcohol and substance abuses. That gets them confident. The title makes them the um, authority on this topic, or they should be. And, and at that point, you're developing that leader and their ability to present information in a clear and concise way. So I like uh, teaching and training, I think, is a excellent tool for the growth of leaders uh, especially at that young level, but even at our level, Brian, what, what, what rank were we when we went to the NCO Academy? Um, I was starting for class. You were a staff sergeant at the time, I want to say. Yeah, so we're yeah. we're up there. We've been around a while, you know? Yeah. And yeah. how many classes had you taught prior to that? Prior to actually going to the academy and becoming an instructor? Yep. Um, ah, see. Just swag it. Yeah, I mean, probably. Let's just say maybe one every two weeks, possibly, um, throughout my career. I mean, not much. So I, I definitely, I would definitely say that uh, I, I didn't, I didn't do it enough. How about that? I feel like. Okay. So would you say that even though we were so far along in our career, that we were better after that? Like, if you had to go back and look at Sergeant E five Brian teach right. Would you say right. he was as good as Sergeant First Class uh, Weber at the academy? Oh no, 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 no. Now, when it comes to like, uh, like energy, like to get things, get after it and stuff like that, I'm kind of like the same. But just all the knowledge and then just the understanding of human dynamics and just you know being able to be observed, like I said earlier, observant and being able to use those different characteristics of uh, my own to help further develop others. You know, I can play off of certain emotions. I can play off certain comments. I can, you know, all those things versus that young E5, it was sit down, be quiet, listen to what I have to say, you know, versus I'm actually using, I'm using the the information and the knowledge of people around me to help solidify the information presented or being discussed or taught. Yeah, and so you can see like it didn't matter once we went to that class even as seniors we got better at teaching now you were confident as a sergeant when you taught because you knew the material you were confident uh, you know you weren't up there yeah, yeah you didn't yeah. shy away from teaching it you're like hey i'm the guy so yeah and it now you just gain more confidence because you've been now i've been through the instructor course and now look at these things mm -hmm. i've learned oh man look at this learning i've done now I'm even better and more confident. So, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on teaching and training as a tool for leadership growth, Brian? I think I think it's a great thing for everyone to learn how to do at a at a, at a younger age, right? So that mm -hmm. way you can start developing and developing, developing. I will say this: Ed, I definitely firmly believe if I would have just taken a basic army instructor course class on how to be an instructor of sorts even went like the one we went to versus the one that was developed later down the road. If I would have done that at a much younger age or a younger rank, oh man, I, I, I'd, I'd rule the world. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> just, you, yeah, man. I mean, because yeah, the tools that you, you, you become more observant, right? And, that, and that's what's helped me. Um, so my last uh, NCOPD I gave, 
I just gave one uh, on the 23rd of last month. I gave one and I use, I'm still, I still use those same mechanics of what I learned at, at, you know, at the academy there. And I had a couple of the senior non-commissioned officers come up to me and they, they, they were newer to the organization. So they hadn't gone through one of the classes I give and they're like, man, that was a really good class, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I, I was like, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's, I personally have to say that I developed that because of the academy and allowed me to do that. But I think to me, teaching and training others helps you also become a better leader because you may not know everything you need to know uh, for whatever it is that you're teaching and you, you become more aware and smarter about it. Yeah. And it gives you a little bit of uh, humility too. Like it, it, it humbles you a little bit. I know at first I can literally remember the first time I got up to teach, I was teaching driver's training and I remember being just all over the place. Like un, I felt unorganized. I was scared. I didn't sleep, you know? And then by the time I taught driver, driver's training the fifth, sixth time, it was like, psh, this is almost autopilot now. Like at this point <laughs> it's too easy, but um, yeah, it, your confidence just changes and, and develops with the, uh, the experience. But I think that, like you said, if we could have took ABIC or whatever it was called the instructor course earlier, it would be so much more. And I definitely tell young sergeants and staff sergeants, you need to get in these classes. And I even tell them, this is how you do it. Hey, I want to be a more dynamic equal opportunity teacher. So or, or facilitators. So I, I really think this class would help me. And that's how you sell it to your leadership to get in these classes. Um, Cause I do think it is a game changer. And I think it helps personally too, cause your confidence is boosted easier to speak in front of somebody, you know? Um, I just, I think it helps like, what's that thing called? They have one here. Toastmasters. Is that what it's called? Toastmasters. Yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like really for me, it was anyway, it, the ability to get up in front of students and teach and I don't know these students. Cause I, I'll be honest with you. It's hard to believe Brian, but I was a very shy youth and I wouldn't speak to people that I didn't know. And I was like very standoffish. Um, but then you develop that confidence through, you know, these opportunities. So um, that's why I think teaching and teaching and um, training people is really a good leadership growth tool. Absolutely, man. I love that dude. That's it. You got? I love Right, so hey, my next one, my next one, it, you're just gonna be like, what? I don't understand. Um, a multi-tool, man. I think that yeah, is a really good. So before you go on, so I'm looking at your list, right? And I'm like, okay, makes sense, makes sense. What? What? Yeah, yeah. And I had to look up. I, I went online. I was like, maybe there's something I'm not tracking. Maybe there's some kind of like no. leadership thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. What is he talking about? I cannot wait to record with him to hear this one. So please, Brian, let's talk about the multi-tool. And when I mean by a multi-tool, this is an actual physical object, Ed. <laughs> yeah. It is a Gerber or a Leatherman, something you wear on your hip. Um, a multi-tool is, it is a, you'd be shocked, right? And the reason I say this is, how many times have you ever been around a group of people and somebody say, hey, man, anybody got a screwdriver? Anybody have a pair of pliers or something like that, right? You ever had that happen? Right. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. Or a knife or, yeah. Yeah. And as a leader, if you just happen to have something, which a multi-tool has multiple tools within it, a knife, a file, what, you know, a screwdriver, different types of screwdrivers, pliers, whatever, 
Okay. You're able to offer that up or say, yeah, hey, I got something right here. Let me, uh, let me let you borrow it. And it's no joke. The reason I say that is because much like my next one, and you'll see where I mean by the next one also, it's a conversation starter. It helps oh. kind of loosen things up, right? It, it, it's a gateway to talking to people. And that's why I mean by it. It's, it, it has nothing to do with the tool itself. It's the fact that you have the tool and you can allow others to use it. Right, that's where I'm getting at with it because um, people, you you noticed it, right? Uh, as you gain rank, just say within the military, and, and this could also happen in the civilian side. I, you know, I mean, it's funny to see somebody just walking around as a civilian with a multi tool on, on their hip, but believe me, there are people to do it. Um, oh yeah, but as you as you gain more rank within the army, you know, as you become more, uh, you, you increase. Uh, soldiers don't want to approach you as much, right? right. Or they do. But they don't know how to, right? So if you have something that you can offer them, if you hear them in conversation stuff, it kind of allows for that. It allows for that that open dialogue. And a multi-tool is something that anybody can use um, or anybody can need to use. Because I'm telling you, I don't know how many different times I just happen to have a Leatherman or a Gerber on me. Even a little time, like my, my father-in-law, he's given me... Uh, multiple little teeny tiny. I have two of them. I have a, I have a like one that like fits in your pocket. Um, it's kind of like a small Swiss Army knife, really, really small, and it's okay. a small Leatherman or, or or Gerber. Actually, I have one of each, and they have all kinds of little tools on it. And somebody says, "Hey, does anybody got a small screwdriver?" Yeah, I got one right here. Boom. Got it. So that's why I like to use it as a gateway. That's interesting. I like that, yeah. Brian. You know, yeah. <clears throat> you know what else popped in my head along those lines. So in your office, right? Sometimes people will say, "Oh, you just display your your coins, right? A rec- your recognition coins, yeah, uh, to show off." But if you really think about it, aren't they conversation starters too? Really? So they can almost be oh, a yeah, tool yeah, yeah. because people come in, they're like, "Oh man!" Like if I come in your office and I see a hundred and first coin. And I don't know you. I can be like, hey, um, Master Weber, you were in the 101st? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was in 159. I was in 159. And then now we got got this conversation. That's odd. And and coins popped in my head because obviously I have them here on my podcast desk. But interesting. No. Yeah. Yeah. Objects. 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 We don't look at objects enough as conversation starters to allow you to get to know people, get to know their problems. Um. To just be friendly, that be because you you know as a leader you want people to want to approach you straight up. That's that's the part that I think too many people, especially in the army, we've seen it over years. That um, many years ago, uh, there's the unapproachable type NCOs, and we I never oh, yeah. wanted to be that. Um, so to have something that you know, and and like I said, you see this one, and then the very next one, the very next one on my list is very much kind of the same thing. But you'd be surprised at how much the next one on my list is very, very, very useful. Uh, but yeah, just small things like that, man. It doesn't have to be a Gerber. You know, it could be just like you said, coins. How easy is it? Oh, you were a part of blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When did you serve there? Did you do this? Yeah, it's just it's it's a way to relate to somebody and to get into some type of conversation with them. I love it, man. It's- I, I literally just had a conversation with somebody this week about coins. And that's why I think it popped in my head, honestly, not that they're on my desk. Uh, and they were talking about it. it's just a it's just a status. You're just showing off, you know, 
But then when you think about the way you, and now maybe that person did put them there as a status. I think I'm going to take some to work. I'm going to take some of my coins to work and put them because I don't put them on my desk normally, but um, I'm going to put them on my, my desk and see how many times a conversation is sparked just by my, my few coins. Cause I don't even have a ton. Um, and then maybe I'll talk about it one time, like on a show, just random. Maybe, maybe when we do our next Q and a show, we could discuss yeah. it. And, because it, it is, it's interesting, right? Like, I didn't even think of it like that, huh? Yeah, yeah you, just use, you know, leadership tools, gateways, yeah. man, gateways to conversation. And I'm telling you, once you get people engaged in some type of conversation, boom, hook, line, and sinker. So, hey, what do you got next, man? Well, so since we're talking about conversation starters and and those, those little sparks, but it's funny because my next one is something else that I know you always have in your office. That is a good uh, conversation starter. And to me, this is one of the great leadership growth tools. And uh, we've also done an episode about R5. I'm talking about our good friend, books. <laughs> <laughs> books are, we we both have a weakness for books, my friend. Yes, but you always have a, and I you always have a, like a pretty, you know, um, um, varied selection of books in your office on your bookshelf right right and people come in and they oh what's this one? Oh, this is pretty cool i've seen people do it i've done it in your office so it's another with beyond what i think books offer for leadership growth you just it's just like your uh gerber multi-tool you know yes it is that's yep. interesting that's, that's hey, you know the connection it's it's funny you break that up man so if you remember when we were back at the academy, I, the office I had there in the uh, in the hallway there uh, when I was third platoon, uh, yeah, and yeah. I had the bookshelf and had the books on it. You know yeah. how many conversations were started not only with instructors but also students about the books that are on that shelf? Oh, when they would Multiple. come in like for their counselings or whatever, their yeah. updates yeah. on the grades. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure once a week, once at least once a week, or I would have a conversation with somebody about something on that shelf. Those books on that shelf. That is interesting as well. Yeah, and I and you know I always uh, and I got it from you. To be honest, I uh, I always keep books you know on, in my office of some type. Now mine, I think if you look, they really speak to my interest. But still, but it's still varied too. So you, you've got, uh, I can tell you Simon Sinek starts with why is there, but then you've also got the Churchill biography is on there, which I'm getting ready to talk a little bit about biography. Uh, Band of brothers would be there. You know what I mean? Like it's still kind of, but you could look at it and go, okay, so he appreciates leadership and military history. You can see it. Um, oh yeah, and then I have a quote book because I—I mean, a lot. Some people are against quotes in your signature block, but I like to have a quote in my signature block, and I like to have something inspirational. I like to have something that's not like uh, mainstream. You've heard this a thousand times, type of stuff. And my man Winston Churchill offers a lot of quotes that I just cannot put in my signature block as a military professional. But um, <laughs> and that's because of the language. Yes, and some of the things he just says. But you know, salty. Books, books offer us so much, so much yes. as leaders, as yes. uh, people who are charged with developing leaders. You know, uh, we can learn. We can from a book. We can get lessons learned from them. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. We can get continued self-development of, our, you know, 
And and if we're developing ourselves, that means we're helping the organization and hopefully through our self-development, we're developing others. And then you talked um, during the multi-tool about conversation starters. Well, books also help with your ability to communicate effectively because when you read a lot, it is proven. You expand your vocabulary. And yes. when you expand your vocabulary, now you're a better communicator for those discussions sparked by the multi-tool. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. And so that's, and that's one of the things that's interesting to me. And I know, I mean, I'm sure you do it too. I'll be reading a book. And if I'm reading a book and I'm like, I don't, what is that? I give her a Google. Um, that's one of the great things about today's generation and us and these, you know, we've got the world of information in our pocket almost at all times in our cellular device and be able to Google a word and be like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. What are some things you know that you get from books as a leader, Brian? I got a couple more things to go over, but what are some things you you kind of get from a, a book? All right, so the first one, definitely from books, uh, what you said there, diversification of vocabulary. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one of the big things that helps me out. Additionally, to me, depending upon the type of book, is maybe the opinion of others and how they express it. Because I love to hear other people's opinions on things. Okay. Uh, because I'm one of those people. I am very much one of those people that if if I hear your opinion, it helps me further understanding. You know your side of things, right? because you know nothing's worse than having a bunch of people, a bunch of yes mans, right? Oh yeah. I I, I, hate, I hate that. I want to hear other people's opinions and people don't have to always agree with me. Um, so to be able to read that and then be able to, uh, to kind of sit back and, and think about it, concentrate on it, uh, especially from a book, it makes it really nice. Uh, books in itself. Um, so I don't do a lot of the, uh, and I, I actually do, I don't do really any uh, fantasy type books or any type of fictional books. Um, I just had somebody to say something to me not too long ago, actually probably within the past, two weeks about don't you do, do you do anything that's outside of self-development? I'm like, <laughs> no, not really. Everything, everything I do is about self-development, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know, man, but books to me are something that kind of helps us. And if you remember correctly, when we did our book show, Ed, uh, I talk about, uh, when I was younger, I didn't know how to read very well. I actually failed the first grade because I couldn't read. And so, to be able to pick up a book and to get engaged in it and, and to read it. It's just one more thing that makes me proud of what I'm able to accomplish, you know, from the young age till now. And, and just to use whatever tactics, techniques, practices that are found in those books, that makes it even better, you know, word comprehension. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's so many different things that books offer Ed, but I just, I love having a good book. Oh, yeah. And I agree. So doing the research for I actually looked up some stuff about books and, and as far as leadership growth. And these are just real quick five things. So it basically says these are the different types of leadership texts. So parables. And it says ever since we were very little, we were taught important lessons through stories. There's no reason leadership should be any different. Um, and we talked about um I almost called him by his little nickname. We also, we talked about General Mattis or the former Secretary of Defense uh, and his extensive reading collection and General Patton and all these great leaders. And why, why take these lumps on the head that somebody else has already taken if you could read and, and you know, find a way around those things? Um, yeah. 
you know, you talk about being very young and reading. I mean, we learn all kinds of things from reading when we were young. And, you know, there's books about uh, using the bathroom for kids now, you know, to help them to learn to use the potty. And so it starts at a very young age. And then also you can find inspiration in books. I love to read real life. So like the sinking of the USS Indianapolis, I like to read the story from the survivor. Uh, One of them was out of the depths. And that's another, that's a Edgar. um, What was his name? I met him too. Edgar Harrell. He was a survivor of the USS Indianapolis. And he has a little small book out there called out of the depths. And it's pretty good. And it's good to read. You know, I'm not reading a story that Brian wrote about the sinking. I'm reading a story about a survivor and what he wrote, you know. Um, and oh, then, of yeah. course, talked about my man Winston, biographies, uh, learning about great leaders. This is where I think the NCO and the officer kind of divide has been. And, of course, the gap is closing for us. But officers study officers before them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. You know what I mean? And we really, as as non-commissioned officers, there's a few. There's nothing. You can't never say nobody. But it's not as as often that you see a non-commissioned officer studying uh, non-commissioned officers from the past. I mean, we got, you know, we got Sergeant Major Plumley, and you've got a few others out there that their stories are incredible and, and could be, a you know, an inspiration to us. And, of course, there's also the how-to uh, books that can uh, offer useful leadership lessons and tools. And so that, this is why I think it's so good. It, it, it does so much for you, your self-development. You can read books like Simon Sinek's uh, leaders eat last upcoming episode. And you can learn <laughs> lessons from leaders eat last that will help you as a leader and help you develop others. Um, you've got a team of teams You've got the five dysfunctions of a team. These are great books for teamwork and team development in your organization. So I, I just think that the the benefits to reading is so vast for leaders and leader development and growth that um, as of today, if you said, what's your number one leadership tool? I'd probably say books, Brian. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because of what you pull from it and how you're able Absolutely. to. Um, mm-hmm. use it as, use it as a guide, you know, absolutely. um, it's just so much to it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Great idea, man. I love that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my next one is also physical object. And it also, to me, it's not just a conversation starter, but also it's an invitation, right? To me, that's what it is. And it's basically having some types of refreshments ready, available oh. that you can offer to somebody. Whether it be coffee, water, sodas, uh, energy drinks, I, I used to yeah. keep pretty much all of those in my office while we were at the academy, and I would yeah, offer them absolutely. up to some people. Yeah, you yeah. absolutely did, my friend. I I can attest to this, uh, and you taught me why you did it. Uh, you also had, if I remember, a two pot coffee maker with yep. creamer and the whole works in your office that you were like, yep. "Hey, help yourself, get a yeah." I know some of those cold February days as we're heading to the field, that was amazing. Um, yes. But I do remember yeah. you. I feel like I'm going to hear some things that I've heard from you before, but share it with our audience, Brian. <laughs> so the reason behind it is this, Ed, is if I offer you a beverage, in most cases, I would say from my own experiences, 99% of the time, 
you're going to have a seat in my Mm -hmm. office and we're going to talk about something that you're going to bring up. Not me. I'm just offering you something to, you know, a refreshment of sorts. You're going to sit down guaranteed and you're going to bring up, Hey, have you ever thought about blah, 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 or Hey, I got a question for you. Do this. Or maybe it's somebody just bringing up uh, some problems that they've been going through and you just listen to them. It is such a tool that people don't realize how underused and it's, it's as easy as this. You go to a store, buy like a 24-pack of waters, grab you a, a 12 to 18-pack of, uh, of uh, a sweet one of those sodas, Coca-Colas, whatever. Um, maybe grab you a few energy drinks or just having a coffee pot right there. You can do all of them. Mm-hmm. And you're able to offer up something to anyone because most people drink one of those four. Yeah. Either coffee, water, soda, or energy drinks, right? And so if you have all those um, and it gets them to come to you sometimes also when they're looking for a refreshment. That's another thing. You know, um, Turk, he used to come by the office uh, and he, you know, just as well as I do, he wasn't, he wasn't a big uh, conversation type person, but there's, there were a few times he would come to the office and he would be like, Hey, uh, you got any more of those energy drinks? Yeah, man, just grab one. And next thing you know, he's sitting in my chair talking to me, you know, and you know, he wasn't very much talk, you know, he didn't do a lot of talking, but it still <laughs> worked. Um, but I, so that's why now I, uh, there's a guy that worked, that was working, uh, with me here at, uh, here in Korea and he was at the S six or basically com- communications. Um, he had a big old bowl of candy and he just had candy and people would come in and sit down and eat candy. Uh, that works too. I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big candy person because if it's in front of me, I will eat it. No, I don't. (laughs) Yes. But to me, that's just one of those tools that you use that's a gateway to getting people to see you and talk to you and stuff like that, right? It's, it is so funny um, of how many times they, you just see somebody, they just, they pop by your, your doorway and you say, Hey, did you want something to drink? I got something in here. And next thing you know, they're sitting down and having a conversation with you. So yeah, sometimes you just need something to get people engaged. To me, that's one of those tools. This is another one of those things that I learned from you. Um, now nobody comes and visits me cause I'm on the top floor of the building. Nobody wants to walk those steps. Them things are, they're terrible, man. But Every once in a while, you know, we'll have company and we do have uh, bottles of water. At a minimum, we have bottles of water and we get a couple of, of uh, soft drinks, but it's left over from the guy I replaced because none of them are any kind of sugar free or anything like that. So obviously, I get some Coke Zeros in there because that's my thing. I do not get paid by Coke Zero, but I would gladly cut an endorsement deal if they want. Oh, <laughs> just to get free Coke Zeros? <laughs> much as I drink, yes. Um, but yeah, it's a comfort thing, right? Like, um, you know, in our, we have a little conference room and sometimes we'll host people from other countries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we've got, you know, you got the plants and then you got the refreshments, like you said, because you want people to be comfortable because, um, as I learned from you the, and, and now I have read in a, in a few different leadership books, once they're comfortable, then they're going to be more open and they're yes. going to be more involved in conversations yeah. and dialogue. So, yeah, that's a good that is a good tool, especially for you as a first arm. Because when usually when a soldier comes in your office, majority of the time there's probably some kind of issue surrounding it, especially like a junior soldier, um, and that means they're going to be already kind of apprehensive, kind of standoffish. And yes, 
if it's not like obviously if it's something serious if it's a domestic you're not gonna be like hey would you like to have a water and sit down maybe you may not do that but maybe it's something else maybe it's something financial maybe it's something that you are going to try to help them with and you need them to talk to understand yes and that making them comfortable that's that's key and I think as a as a lead of a team or any kind of in any company or organization, it's good to be able to make somebody comfortable, of course, time and place. But then when he opens up now, you've got him because he's telling you what you need to know to be able to help him and his family. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, maybe. I don't know, maybe he's his family is surviving on ramen noodles and and you just found out about this. Now you're trying to figure out the why. And he's kind of like, it's my business. But when you make them come, you know, when that wall comes down, that yeah, help. you know, um, and so here's another inside thing. I I really didn't, I haven't kind of explained to you or others uh, what I use it for. Also, uh, let's say somebody's in there. You can also read people with that refreshment, right? If they're being fidgety with it, or they're sometimes if they put it between you and that person it's kind of uh you know because you, you you've heard my saying about i don't like to have a computer right in front of me because i want people to not feel like there's a wall between us sometimes yeah. people will also use a refreshment of sorts they'll put it between you because they need a, a, some type of physical and i'm using air quotes wall between you um but then if they're playing with it, like they're fidgety with it, well, that means there's a nervousness going on possibly. Or there's something they want to talk about, but they just don't feel like they can yet. So you have to kind of keep prying a little bit and kind of use those questioning skills to help pull it out of them. Um, so there's there's multiple aspects that I use the refreshment for. And now that, you know, if I have people <laughs> listening that's been in my organizations, they'll be like, holy crap, he was doing that to me? Yeah, I, I'm also using it as a you know, psychological thing because I want to... I want to get inside that mind and to, to try to, and not to do it as in a manipulation piece, but instead to help me help that individual. That's kind of what I use it for. I, I knew you were a Star Wars fan, but I did not know you were using Jedi mind tricks on me, my friend. Oh, man, that's, I'm <laughs> telling you, more than you know, I'm, I, I love to read people, and that's one of those things. I like, I like, hey, that may be, a, I may have to add that to my my little repertoire of things I've learned from you, because that's interesting as well, because you will just watch how they handle the yep. bottle or do they just sit yep. it down? Cause if I'm confident, maybe I'm just going to sit it beside me and all right, yep. back at yep. it. But if they're playing, let's say it's a bottle of water and they're playing with a cap. Yeah. That's because they're trying to avoid something in most cases you, you can tell, I mean, you, it's, it's they're, they're, they're trying to uh, distract, they're making it a distraction or something like that. I'm telling it's, it's funny. It works. I mean, I've seen it. So, huh. uh, but that's, that is, that was my, that was my fourth uh, tool for leaders to use uh, to help them become more engaged as leaders. What do you got my man? So I do have our, our old friend, <laughs> the green notebook. Oh and my um, goodness, this thing. Uh, now some of this, we're already talked about kind of on a smaller scale, but this thing is very versatile, just like the three by five cards right um yeah all kinds of stuff now i recently read an article which kind of sparked the idea for this show um about using the green notebook in various ways so what i have done since i read the article is i have a green notebook that is meant for uh my mission right 
And then I have a green notebook is meant for admin use. So when I go to an admin meeting where we're talking about who's leaving, who's coming, that those type of things, that's all that book is for. Okay. So I've separated those two. Now, the one thing that I learned is if you hear something in a meeting or if you have a conversation with somebody and you hear something that you're like, wow, that's awesome. That's a great quote. That's a great uh, philosophy. You know, if, if say me and you, you and I are in the office. And you're talking about this multi-tool as a conversation starting a leadership tool. And I think that's amazing. I can jot that down in my green notebook. Yeah. You know? And then what you do is at the end of the day, I now take that, those leadership type things like that. And I have another book that is my leadership book. And my wife bought me this wonderful book. It is Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Except... The Art of War is actually written really small and is the lines of the notebook instead of like the main text. So it's an, it's meant for journaling. Um, and so I just thought it was fitting that this is my leadership book. So these are things, these are notes that if, let's say I ever decided I want to write a book about my leadership experiences, this would be a good reference. Um, or if I'm like, man, I really can't get this guy to talk. Um, to, you know, to, to let his guard down, I can maybe look at my book and be like, you know, Brian said something about getting people to let their guard down. Oh, refreshments. So the yes. next time I call my office, maybe I have some, you know, so this is how I'm trying to use the green book notebook. Now I've seen it used so many ways, Brian, you remember back in the day, you remember the old leadership books we used to have to keep the, uh, oh, yeah. Leader books. Remember the leader books? Yeah. 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 Remember how pretty they were? Yeah, you want to make all this. Yeah, this it was to me. It was uh, more of just a look than actual functional at times. So that's why I said that. I had a sergeant major, command sergeant major Joseph, and all all the sergeants are running around with these pretty binders with all these printed pages and their soldiers' data in it. And he's like, "Let me see your leader book." And so you give him a leader's book. And he's like, "Okay, well, change this soldier data." And you couldn't because we had wrote it in marker, right? Like, we need some alcohol. We need all these things. He's like, that's not a leader of the book. That's just a for show thing. Right. Then he showed me a green notebook. This might be the first time I ever had a green notebook. Yeah. He had all the NCOs given green notebooks at an NCOPD. And he said, that's your leader's book. That's where you keep your information. Are you going to keep the soldier's personal information there? No, that's what your little pretty book's for. But this is where you write when they got to go to the range. This is where you write when they're got this appointment or that appointment. And then you don't let this book go. And guess what? If it's conveniently in your cargo pocket, instead of carrying this binder around, because, <laughs> you know, if you had a big squad, which you probably did be in aviation maintenance, you know, you might have 15 people's stuff in this binder. And this thing is massive. Plus you got to worry about what uh, we did equipment density in there. Right. Yeah. You had all your equipment listed. Yeah. That thing was ridiculous. It was pretty ridiculous. Uh, so the green notebook was a, a excellent leader's book. Now, when I went to another unit and said, Hey, here's my leader's book. The Sergeant Major's like, absolutely not. Cause he wanted the pretty yeah, jazzed up, unfunctional thing. Like you said, because you can't edit information and you know, if you typed it out and made it pretty and then the soldier leaves, now I got to redo the whole book. You know, it just, it didn't make sense. So the green notebook, again, very versatile does fit in your pocket. Uh, they've got some pretty good covers that you can buy for them now. Oh, yeah. You could also go old school like you did in high school or middle school and make the uh, brown trash bag cover for your leader's book <laughs> if you wanted to. 
Yeah. I've seen some crazy things. I had one was falling apart one time, Brian, and I used a hundred mile an hour tape, and pretty much my whole cover was a hundred mile an hour tape, but it held that book together. <laughs> so um, it's funny you bring up the covers like that. So uh, something that my mentor, I've talked about him multiple times on this show, Sergeant Major Brian, uh, he actually makes these leather uh, covers for those green notebooks, and he has this printer. It's uh, it's like a laser etcher type thing, and it like okay. he, he can program a picture into it, and it cuts out with a laser that particular picture of on on multiple types of materials. But he uses he likes to use leather for these, and I'm telling you, man, he sent me pictures. Yeah, he sent me pictures of some of them, and it's just like wow. Um, so you know what I sent him a picture of? Uh, the your hundred first crest. Oh no! Come on, I sent him a picture of the Instinctive Influencers podcast crest. Ooh, and, that is interesting. And he's going to uh, he's he he told me it will be ready when I arrive to Fort Carson, man. So I'm pretty stoked by that. Uh, but yeah, it's like the work he's done. And so what he does is he'll he'll print it, he'll do the laser cutting out of it, and then he takes paint and he adds color to it with some paint. Man, these things look great. But that's just a side note about green notebooks and covers. Uh, well, to let's me. Not, let's not get, hold on. Let's not get off that side note, Brian. So I'm going to need a quote, but I want a calf patch on the back. Just so you know, I'm going to oh, need a quote. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you, boo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got you, fam. All right. No, seriously, um, I'm gonna, I'll talk to him about it and see what we can get rolling for you. He doesn't – like. Some of the things he's done um, is pretty cool with that laser printer. Uh, made He made ornaments this past year, like a ton of ornaments for units. That was pretty cool. Um, so the commanders could give them out to their soldiers and families and stuff. So that was pretty cool wow. um, with his same printer. But this ain't no cheap printer, bro. Not a cheap printer. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But I want to jump back to the green notebook piece, what you're talking about as a tool. I find it to be an amazing tool. And I have I – have, well, I just filled up one of mine. I had, I had, I was this year. I had two green notebooks. One was my notes, right? And everybody knew it was mine because literally in black and silver marker, it all it said on the front was "Get after it." And everybody knows me for saying that. I mean, that's that's at my unit. That's what I always say: "Get after it." Right? I tell people, "Get after it," you know. And I actually in my uh, change of responsibility speech, I actually explained really "Get after it" what it means to me. Um, but that was that was my notes one, and I actually left it accidentally somewhere. And one of my one of my soldiers said, "Hey, did you leave your notebook?" Blah blah blah. I was like, "Yeah, I, mean, I couldn't find it. I, I must have set it down." And like, oh yeah, it's in in the S three or whatever. We knew it was yours because it said "Get after it" on it. So I was like, "Ah, cool." Um, so that's one of them. And then the other one was actually my workout book, Ed, uh, to log all of my workouts and stuff. That way I could track, you know, um, numbers wise. Cause I'm, although I do track some of my stuff digitally with my phone, I also like to have that hard, uh, cover that, that pen to paper type thing to help me write down what I'm accomplishing so I can go back and look at it on it. Uh, it really helps out. Uh, I've actually moved to a newer notebook, um, for that because I ran out of space in my last one. But I think the green notebook is an amazing tool that is underused i yeah i agree with you actually brian i'm just looking and i have a several on my desk uh shelf here right uh going back for a number of years <laughs> wow we'll just say the oldest is 13 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, you've been using yeah. long, long, you you've been hanging and I probably I probably have some at home in like in boxes and stuff that I just hadn't taken out that have just notes upon notes of things, you know. And and don't get me wrong, I'm always very careful about what I put in it, right? Uh, oh yeah. If it, it, let's just say I drop it somewhere and somebody picks it up, it's not going to, you know, a lot of it's people will be like, what in the world is he talking about? Cause it's pretty much writing for me to understand, you know, not anybody could just pick it up and say, Oh, I know what exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. It's something yeah. most of the time my notes are just reminders and it's how I write them to remind me of X, Y, or Z, you know? Well, I can tell you that my green notebook use is so uh, infectious that my wife also uses a green notebook for work. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and it used to be easier to get. I actually had to buy one recently, and I was yeah. not impressed. Yeah, um, yeah, normally you know from your supply system, but they're only like six bucks. Yeah, and like I said, they last. I mean, they last forever. Absolutely. Uh, and the ones I have here, one of them is actually Sergeant E five Haley's book. So, <laughs> wow. Um, and then what I've also done is as I as I've gone to school, uh, you know, for my military occupational specialty, uh. I had the notes from every level of schooling I've been to. Then I have a green notebook that was dedicated to just my particular specialty. So I would use it. And then two years later, I'd go to school and I'd pull that same notebook out and I'd use it again. So now when I have to reference something in my job um, before here, because my job here is totally different, <laughs> I would have those. It, it serves as a reference. So it's a note taker and then a reference. I mean, it's just, I can't say enough. Obviously, if it's got its own website from the green notebook, then it must be amazing. <laughs> I concur completely. <laughs> All right, All right Brian. We're, uh, we're at your last. Is this your last one? Yeah, this is my last one. Do you have one more? I have one more because okay. I, I got a show closer. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Hey, so we're going to hit my last one. Um, once again, I'm all about surrounding yourself with people, right? I'm sur I'm about surrounding yourself with people that you can trust, people that you can go to, um, and knowing who those people are, right? This last tool of mine that I'm going to talk about, it's actually someone you can talk to for counsel. And when I say that, I'm not saying as in I'm talking to somebody who's counseling me, but instead, and, and it could be that, but instead it's somebody that I trust that I can talk about problems, I can talk about successes. I can talk about sadnesses. I can talk about depression. I can talk about happiness. I can talk about all kinds of things too and be able to feel like I'm one, I'm not going to be judged. Um, two, if I'm asking for advice or feedback, I'm going to get that honest feedback or advice, not just because, you know, all oh, because they want me to like them or something. They're not going to tell, you know, blow smoke up my butt type thing. Um, and to me, it tends to be usually I'll have somebody like a physical person uh, at whatever location I'm at. And then I usually have one or two that I can reach out to. Um, so for instance, here in Korea, I have a, there's a master sergeant that uh, that's still in the unit right now that I would go to him and we would talk about things and, and he would give me honest feedback. He was very honest about it. And I loved to talk to him before him. There was another master sergeant who left and he's now at Fort Eustace. But the funny thing is, is, I still use the one at Fort Eustis because I've spoke to him before through uh, the WhatsApp messenger type thing to just, you know, talk to whatever. Um, then there's you, Ed. I mean, I talk to you all the time. And sometimes I just sit there like today. If, if you notice, Ed, I didn't do a lot of talking before the show because I was just listening to you. And that was well, just kind of right. my way. 
What's that? You were letting me vent my frustrations, and I don't do that to yeah. many people but you. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and like, say for instance, um, like I said, Matt, uh, Star Major Brian, I I reach out to him sometimes to ask him questions, what he thinks. Um, but I think everybody should have people that they can trust for counsel. Now, yes, that doesn't take away. Now, this is the thing, man. That doesn't take away from my wife, my spouse, the person I'm spending the rest of my life with, type thing. Um, instead, so. I may talk to her about something different and sometimes it may be work related and sometimes it may not be because there are, you know, you know, just as well as I do, Ed, there's some things we're just not supposed to talk about, right. With our, 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 our significant other, especially in the military. And instead what we have to do is we have to, uh, we have to use people around us that also are supposed to know that information and stuff. So, uh, but that's me. I think everyone should have somebody that they can go to for counsel. You know, and it's that, and if you remember correctly, eh, we you've seen it at the academy when we were there. You know, how many different times that you came to my office or I came to yours or uh, Bearded Ninja came in or we went to the Bearded Ninja's office. Like, that's what I mean by that. That's that person you can trust. And you, I mean, did you ever once think, Ed, that when you went to speak to the Bearded Ninja, that you had to worry about the information that was said in, in behind closed doors would ever be spread across other people uh no no absolutely not (laughs) exactly because you felt that trust you felt that honesty you felt and you know you know darn well that he would give you his honest to goodness opinion yes no holds barred absolutely right And, and it felt good to have that and that's what i mean by that i think as a leader uh, we need to have somebody we can go to for counsel now, and that could be at any echelon. I mean, because let's just let's look at the highest levels within our our um, our country. You know, whether it be the president or or it's the chief of staff or it's the uh, the army chief of staff or the uh, or um, you know secretary of defense. Or, you know, just look at that. They have people that they get to talk to about these things, right? Everyone should have somebody that they can talk to and they can bounce this stuff off of and they can get their honest opinion. Um, and that's, yeah. that's I think it's a it's an asset because if we keep things built up inside or we don't ask and we don't talk to others, one we're not going to get good ideas from those around us or we can't learn their opinion or what they think about it. Um, two, when you, when you start holding all that stuff in, especially as a leader, you feel a certain level of anxiety that could turn into health issues or it can turn into um, a breakdown of sorts. Um, because not knowing how to deal with things. So I, that's why I think I think a a few people that you can seek for counsel from is one of the most important tools I've used throughout my career. Yeah, and it is too because and and it's very important that they're not sugarcoating and you know what I mean? Like those are the things that you need because if they sugarcoat stuff then one, right? They're giving you this false sense. Yes. And um you know, you don't want to hear it. I can tell you there's times that I have vented to you and I really don't want to hear what you have to say, but I needed to hear uh, your honest uh, opinion on stuff and, and feedback because that's what the where the development comes is from the honesty of the feedback. You know, we talked about that. I believe I talked about that on the, um, on the AR show, actually when we were talking about giving AR and being honest with somebody because that's how they develop. So 
yeah, it, that's why it's important. I mean, you got to have that sounding board. You got to have that person you trust, but you also got to have that person you trust, not just to listen and, and, and keep it within that room, wherever the discussions happen, but to provide you with the tough truth. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and you think about it, man. Um, so one of my, one of my favorite, uh, comments to make when somebody ever seeks counsel from me for anything like, especially when it's something like moral dilemma or ethical decision making or anything like that, I always love to pose the question and just listen after I pose it. Pose the question of, "What do you think the right thing to do is?" Oh man, you're talking about oh, you see people go, <laughs> you see people go through internal battle like just. It's almost like there's a little internal war going on with them and you watch them debate it back and forth and you just, it. I love it, man. It, it, in many cases, when that happens, you're just like, okay, so do what you think's right and that's it, man. So I love, I love having somebody there for me to, you know, seek counsel of and you are one of those people, my friend. Oh, don't you get all sappy on me. Now you're going to, <laughs> you're going to have to go deadlift 500 pounds to uh, not feel oh. so <laughs> oh man. What do you got, brother? All right. Well, this is the last one, and this one's kind of different. And uh if you, it'll take some research, but you can find these things for free. So, Brian, I asked you earlier if you remember doing an assessment when we were in uh the instructor course, and it was basically a personality assessment. I don't know, I don't know if we did it when we went through, but I know when I was teaching the course we did it. Um, did you ever do the uh, Myers and Briggs uh, assessment? Do you do you not remember um, what I did with that? I, I don't. When I, when I was a senior, I sent out an article to all the uh, um, a bunch of the NCOs that I, that worked for me, and also some of that I liked that were in other platoons. I, I'm pretty sure you were one of those people, um, and I, it was one of those assessments. And I asked for feedback on what they thought about it. Um, I thought you were one of them. I may have been. It's yeah. been some years, man. Listen, <laughs> I love I love using it because it's a conversation piece to help people it, understand it, each it, other. It is, and we used to use it. So basically, what we're getting at is my fifth one are assessments, and there are online assessments. And the one that I I like is the Myers Briggs. Um, it's a per, uh, type indicator. It's a personality assessment, and you might be saying, "Well, why do I need to know my personality? Understand my personality as a leader?" Well, basically. You're going to face issues as a leader, both internal and external, right? You're going to face a lot of challenges and you're going to have to figure your way through these things. Well, one of those, when you're trying to figure your way through these things, a great thing is to understand who you are as a person by taking one of these assessments, because then it'll help you to approach whatever that task is, whatever that thing is better. Well, if you can get your team to take this a free assessment, and you can have an understanding of them. It also helps you delegate. It helps you with talent management. I believe that might have been an episode uh, that we've had uh, during those, uh, you know, kind of high pressure situations. And and there's various ones. There's all kinds of leadership assessments. I can tell you there's an emotional intelligence assessment out there, Brian. Excellent tool. Um, it, and so any of these assessments you can kind of use as a leader um, Meyer Briggs, we used to teach an instructor course because then they share their results. And then with Myers Briggs, it'll take and say, all right, you're this person. So I'm an INFP is what it is. So basically um, introversion versus extroversion. I'm introverted. Intuition versus sensing. 
I'm intuition. Thinking versus feeling, I got feeling. And judgment versus perception, I got perception. And people who are like that are Edgar Allan Poe, William Shakespeare, and J.R.R. Tolkien. So there's various ones, you know, um, and it's based off, I think it was like 25 questions. I actually took it today to prep for this show. Uh, there's like 25 questions and there's 16 different uh, types of personality that you can look at. And it tells you now, if you do the paid one, and I've, I've never seen the paid one, but it'll actually tell you like kind of who you're compatible with to work, who you're compatible with in relationship and different things. But these tools, I think they're overlooked. And I think a lot of people shy away from Ryan because, you know, some of them have a fee. Like this one gives you basic, this is your personality type, and here's some people like you. Um, it gives you a basic assessment, but for anything else, obviously, now you got to pay. So people shy away because pay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that basic assessment, though, helps, man. Because, I mean, you, you can guesstimate that they're an introvert. Or you can actually, they can actually answer some questions that helps you understand. Oh, this is an introverted person, or absolutely, and you and you know extrovert. I mean, it's easy, usually easy to pick out an extrovert, but sometimes you're like, ah, are they quiet there or not? You know, so um, and and then to be able to pull out the other different areas, you know, self, you know, they're self starters or they have to be engaged, things yep. like that. I mean, there's all kinds of different elements, and to me, I think, and I want to say I read an article sometime back and talked about organizations using that as part of the um, not the not the uh, application process but the uh, when you go through the uh, oh what do you call it orientation orientation thank you so a lot of people they use it uh, a lot of organizations have been known to use it during orientation to help understand this new employee which to me great idea love it I think I may I may even start looking at using it as a tool uh, for when New soldiers show up to the unit and say, hey, listen, I want you to take this um, and, you know, just see what, you know, what the result is. Because and then teach my senior leaders or junior leaders how that helps them understand their soldier and how they can learn how to become a better leader by further understanding their soldier. Yeah. And so and I'll send you the link to the uh, one that I did, Brian, because it also identifies strengths and weaknesses like, oh. So those are things, yeah, absolutely. And how much would that help to understand somebody's strengths and weaknesses? So I sent you a link to it so that you can uh, add it to the show notes. This is the link to the free one. And like I said, it gives you a basic information of, of who you are on the scale for um, for this one. And then it'll just list off like, is this you? And then it'll uh, list like 10 things that describes that particular person. And then yeah. you can be like, wow. And as I know, when I read mine, I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute. That is me. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, could be useful. But yeah, I like I do like the assessments. I think um, as a as a non-commissioned officer, I think if I had NCOs that worked for me, which in the current position, I don't, I'd probably try to encourage them to take this so that I can better understand uh, their needs, their strengths, their weaknesses. So then it assists me in my talent management previous episode yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and your, and and your and approach to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I kind of saved it for last. And like I said, I did do it today. It was interesting. It's been a while. Um, and I think it's changed and I'm also a Gemini. So I'm introvert at home and extrovert at work. It's weird, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was my man. last one, Brian. 
I love it. Hey, I, to me, the these are one of some of our better shows where we just kind of get our opinion out there on what we think to help others. But you know, Ed, just as well as I do. Uh, and well, there's, there's the general. The general. <laughs> know, it's time to go. Um, but you know as well as I do, got to throw out a task. And this task is going to kind of hit along the same exact things. Task for this today's show is what's a leader tool that you use that you could hand off to other people or you can tell other people about and that'll allow maybe somebody else can say, oh, you know what? I've never thought about using it. I'm going to try that out. Um, and maybe it's something that can help Ed and I become even better. But that's the whole point. That's the reason why we do this lifelong learning. We do this shared communication, the shared knowledge, all that stuff is to help people become better at what they are. So what's a leadership tool that you use that we may not have talked about? That's a good task. I like it. I am standing by with my green notebook to uh, borrow some of the things that we see. Absolutely, man. Uh, but other than that, I really don't have much more uh, for the show other than Ed. What can people do to connect with us, man? Well, the one thing they can do, Brian, is if they are military, they can go on the global. No, <laughs> um, no, they can check us out on all, on uh, the medias of social or the platforms of social media that we participate in at 101 Influence on Facebook and Instagram. We also have the Twitter. I have been tweeting this week as Instinctive Ed a little bit to try to get some stuff moving. So uh, and maybe we can get some followers and we can follow some people back and uh, get some conversation going. I promise you that if you are a instinctive influencer and you follow me as instinct instinctive Ed on um, t- uh, Twitter, I will follow you back and then maybe we can share some great leadership tools back and forth. Oh yeah, man. Hey, it's and that's what it's about. One zero one influence on any of those different platforms, as, as or as Ed called it, the social media communications technique devices. <laughs> uh, but you you go to Facebook, you go to Twitter, you go to uh, Instagram. One zero influence. One zero one influence is how you search for us. Just come join, be a part of it. Uh, but other than that, man, I don't have a lot to really talk about. So we forgot one. What's that? Check us out on the Instinctive Influencers website. Meet the faces. See the pictures. I think we need to add some pictures of that, too. Some more updated stuff, Brian. Maybe we could add your Bruce Wayne picture from recently. I wouldn't call it Bruce Wayne. But, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate your comment, Ed. Um, If you don't know it, Ed likes to uh, let me know of how the sides of my head are graying rather (laughs) rapidly. Uh, That's age, my friend, and stress. And I like to call them wisdom highlights. Wisdom highlights. I like it. I yeah, like yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but with that, this is the end of the show. So I am Brian. And I am Ed. <laughs> and this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Remember, there are tools out there that you can use to help you become a better leader. Learn about them. Follow them. Use them. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.